Okay, so it is so good to be with you. This is episode number 108108 of the Interior Integration for Catholics podcast, and it's titled Giving Up the Idols We Hate. And it's an experiential exercise. So I'm really looking forward to doing this live with our, our audience, our members. And I am Dr. Peter. I'll introduce myself. I'm Dr. Peter. I am a clinical psychologist, passionate Catholic, and I'm the host of this podcast, Interior Integration for Catholics. Interior Integration for Catholics is part of our outreach, our Souls and Hearts outreach at soulsandhearts.com. So we are recording live on March 15th, 2023, and we've got uh, some of our Souls and Hearts members with us. We will be releasing this to all the major podcast platforms on Monday, March 20th, 2023. And so as many of you know, we've been adding a second podcast each month. Um, we're doing that for six months. The first Monday of the month is our standard IIC podcast episode, a long form solo cast that I do. And earlier this month in episode 107, that one was titled How to Work Through Your Anger at God. We got into the conceptual understanding of the best of the psychological and human formation resources, the best of that literature, and how to resolve anger at God in a healthy way. We discussed the four common tracks that people take with their anger at God. And today, we're actually going to be working experientially. That's similar to what we did in episodes 100, 102, 104, and 106. So this is the fifth episode in a six-episode series of experiential exercises. This episode builds off of our last episode, 107, How to Work Through Your Anger at God. That episode gave us the intellectual foundation for how to handle anger at God. But we don't want to just stay at the intellectual level. We don't want to stay just in the intellectual realm, the cognitive realm, especially when we're discussing anger, especially when we're discussing anger at God. Experiential exercises are so important for us to be able to get to know ourselves and even more importantly for us to be able to love ourselves. And we have that as a divine commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And that means loving the parts of ourselves that have anger at God. Those parts of us who are angry at God are especially in need of our compassion and of our care. We're going to be working with parts. Um, and so many of you are familiar with parts. These are the little sub-personalities within us. Each of these parts is a unique constellation of needs, emotions, body sensations, guiding beliefs and assumptions, typical thoughts, intentions, desires, attitudes, impulses, and body sensations. And if you, and if it's helpful to you, you can think of these parts as modes of operating modes of operating. These parts or modes of operating exist even when we're not aware of them. And for some of us, for many of us, that's intuitive. For others, that might be a little bit more of a stretch to understand. Now, I often hear this term, irrational anger at God. My anger at God is irrational. It's unreasonable, things like that. And what I'd like to say is that there are always reasons for anger at God. There are always reasons. It's not just something that's illogical. If you look at where parts are coming from, if you look at how they understand their experiences, if you look at their burdens, if you look at the positions that they're in and the ways that they make sense of their experience, how they construe their experience, the role that they put God in, in terms of that experience, the anger at God always makes sense. So often, parts of us are not so much angry at God, though, as they are at their God image. Right? So this image of God that they construct, often well before the age of reason, it's formed into us, it's formed into our parts. These God images are unjust often. They are nasty often. They are unpleasant. They aren't loving the way that parts understand God. So let me just review a little bit. We go into this in much more detail in episodes 23 to 29 of this podcast, which is a whole series on God images. But God images 
are the emotional and subjective experience of God, who I feel God to be in my bones in the moment. My God image is how my my emotions or my heart interprets God subjectively. And that interpretation of God may or may not correspond to who I profess God to be. That's my God concept. And my God concept is what I've embraced and what I have deliberately chosen to profess and believe about God. My God image, on the other hand, is how parts make sense of their experience of God. And they can be radically different. God images are often latent. They're often unconscious. We don't have access to them necessarily because we don't have access to the part that holds that God image. And God images are always formed experientially. They flow from our relational experiences, how we construe and make sense of the connections we have had with authority figures in the past, often our caregivers, our parents. Parts don't choose their God images. They're formed into them, often before the age of reason, often before the capacity for speech. It's something that happens very, very early on. Here's the thing, though. You can't will a God image away. You can't just force a God image out of you. It's not subject to the sheer force of your will, but we can create conditions under which those God images can change. How do we do that? We do that two ways. First is by faith and by having not just faith, but by having our parts connect with our faith because parts that are unintegrated, parts that are not working together collaboratively, cooperatively, parts that are not in right relationship with your innermost self don't have access, I don't think, to your faith. They're disconnected from it. So that's one. The second is parts actually having an experience of love. And if they experience real love, they're experiencing God. Oftentimes that has to be through the self first. The innermost self can love the part. It could be the love of another person. And then that helps the part to become more open to allowing connection and relationship with God, with God himself giving an opportunity for God to show you in your parts who he really is. So that's what we're wanting to do in these experiential exercises. They're to help you to connect with what's going on inside you, with your internal experience, with whatever is holding you back from a deeper relationship across all your parts with the three persons of the Trinity and with Mary, our mother. You know, because parts of us have such limited vision since they have such a narrow slice of experience and because parts misunderstand and misconstrue their experience because they're phenomenologically very young, there's a lot of potential to make these God images into little idols. Most people in this day and age don't dance around golden calves anymore. It's not the way that we uh, break the first commandment. But we do, if we give in to these God images, if we just allow them to drive us, those are idols. And so every part that is not in right relationship with the self is going to have a distorted God image, is going to have a little idol, a misunderstanding of God. So what we're trying to do is to connect with our parts with acceptance, with love, with compassion, with kindness, with gentleness, and bring them into the love. Because God is love. And if they begin to take in love, those God images will change. They will start to appreciate who God really is if they can tolerate being loved. I'm just curious, is there any questions about that? Any questions before we go on? You're welcome to unmute yourself and ask or to put something in the chat. But what we're doing kind of conceptually. Oh, hi, Dr. Malinowski. Could I ask a question? By all means, please do. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm just trying to uh, see if I understand the framework. Is it that we have like a main 
sort of primary self. And then within that self, we have separate parts that may not have been integrated into our main self. That's right. You can think of the whole person as being like an orchestra. And an orchestra is both one and many. One orchestra, but there are many musicians and a conductor. And the innermost self is like the conductor of the orchestra and has that responsibility to lead and guide the orchestra. And the musicians in the orchestra are like the parts. Those parts all have important roles within us. They're all important, but they don't have the capacity to lead and guide the system. And so the innermost self has some very important qualities that help with that. Episode 71 of this podcast is a brief introduction to internal family systems where I'm drawing a lot of these kind of concepts. That's a great one to review to get a little bit more depth, but I'm glad you asked. I, I am. I think that's great. Okay. So anything else before we start? Okay. So we will have an opportunity to debrief also afterwards for those that would like to share their experiences. Um, just a couple of orienting comments. We're we're working with some difficult material here. Anger at God, the stakes can seem really high to parts. We work very gently. I'm going to invite you to notice if you're staying in your window of tolerance. And what I mean by that is not going into fight or flight, sympathetic nervous system activation, hyperarousal, not going into a dorsal vagal response, which is that freeze response, that shutdown response, hypoarousal but staying in that middle zone, because that's when we can really learn. If you notice that you're becoming dysregulated, and I don't expect that, but if it does begin to happen, you can allow yourself to disengage from this exercise, reground yourself, and help yourself just get back into something more of an even keel, more centered. Some parts of you may have concerns about touching into some of this anger at God that parts may have. They might have fears about this exercise. There could be a really angry part that threatens to flood or take over, we're going to ask that parts not flood, that they not overwhelm you with the intensity of their experience. It's going to be really important. And we don't go to any parts that are intensely angry at God unless other parts are okay with that in the system. We want to work in a way that's sustainable and that's safe, and that doesn't lead to being overwhelmed or dysregulated. So we'll listen to those protectors first. You can take whatever is helpful from this exercise. If I'm offering some suggestions, or if I'm offering something that just doesn't seem helpful to you, feel free to ignore it. You don't have to engage with that. It's helpful often to have pens and paper, pencils and paper, you can write down some things that are helpful, like in a journal. And you're also welcome to get physically comfortable. You can move around, you can close your eyes, whatever is helpful to you with that. So as we enter into the exercise, just a lot of gentleness, a lot of kindness for your parts. There's a moment here for you as your innermost self to really care for your parts. And as we do this, you might find that occasionally you get distracted or maybe often you get distracted and that's okay. That's common. You can just refocus. And if that's not possible, then I'm just going to invite you to get curious about the distraction. Why might it be important to be distracted right now? To just get curious about that and look into that distraction instead of just trying to power through it or deny it. So our spiritual managers, these are the parts of us that usually handle our spiritual affairs, that handle our spiritual life. And these are the parts often that are uncomfortable with other parts' anger at God. And I'm just going to invite you to see if your spiritual managers are open to the idea of working with some anger at God, it could be their own anger at God, because often spiritual managers 
have their own hidden anger at God. They try so hard. They're working so hard to try to be pleasing to God, to try not to sin, to grow in virtue, but somehow it doesn't work out all the time. Maybe they've got their own anger at God, or maybe they're aware of other parts' anger at God. Would it be okay to work with that a little bit? And I'm going to invite you to see if you can have a big open heart towards those spiritual managers. You as the innermost self. See if parts can unblend and give you space to really allow more of you, you as the innermost self, to emerge with kindness and compassion a genuine interest in your parts. Do those spiritual manager parts, do they need something from you about anger with God? Is there a way that they would like to connect with you about that. What do they know about anger at God, either from their own experience or from other parts? They might be willing to tell you about the anger that other parts have. We work with our parts, with the permission of our managers. So we're not going to try to do anything sneaky or tricky. We honor our spiritual managers. We want to work collaboratively and cooperatively with them. And I am really curious about how your spiritual managers, if you're in touch with them, how they think God would respond if you were to come into contact with anger toward God. How do they think God would respond? How did they think God sees your anger toward him? We get curious about that. And would your spiritual managers be interested in checking that out with you as to whether that image of God corresponds with how God has revealed himself to us? 
as a loving father. as the Good Shepherd. Are these spiritual managers noticing any discrepancies between their God images and God as love? It's helpful to write things down. You're welcome to. Parts often like being given a voice in writing. Often parts don't know that God is different than their image of God. Often parts are surprised that God is different than who they assumed him to be. And I'm curious if parts might be willing to give up their God image in return for a more accurate understanding of God. Or is there something very precious about the God image that they feel they need to keep, that they need to hang on to? Would it be okay to be open to a new way of understanding God. Do your spiritual managers know that being angry at God is not a sin? It's an emotion. If it rises up spontaneously, it's outside of the purview of the will. Anger at God is disordered, but it's not sinful. 
unless it's acted on, unless it's harbored, unless it's nurtured, unless it's fed, unless it's embraced, and that there's reasons for anger that are rooted in misunderstandings and misconstruing in the best way to work through that is to allow God to show you who he is. But we don't rush it. We don't force it. We see if parts are curious, if they're interested. in experiencing the gentleness, the kindness. The compassion of God. In a way that they can take in. It's so important to do this in a way that parts can take in. And as your parts are separate and but near to you as the innermost self, they can connect in with your faith, with your confidence in God. And if it seems all right, you can be the bridge, the mediator between your parts and God. Parts don't have to face God alone. Hearts may not know that you are a beloved child of God. A beloved son or daughter of God. So much misunderstanding. And God can accept your anger. He's not like others who might not have accepted your anger. Your anger doesn't destabilize him. It doesn't threaten him. It doesn't make him withdraw. And in fact, when we bring our anger or any other emotion that we're experiencing toward, to, toward God, to God, 
deepens the relationship. It makes it more real. We offer it to him. And as we do this, not all parts need be present. Some may be much more ready to connect with God than others, and that's okay. A lot of appreciation for your parts, for trying something new, for the space to be able to do an exercise like this. A lot of gratitude for your parts, for the ways they try to help. A lot of gratitude for the courage. And this doesn't have to be the end of connecting in this way. This is something that you can do with your parts in the future. It so pleases God when we give up our idols, our God image idols, in favor of allowing him to be him. And so as we draw to a close, just an opportunity here to make some notes, to formulate some questions for me, if you'd like. And I will mention a few housekeeping things as we make this transition out of our experiential exercise back into our space together. And the first is to mark calendars. Our, our next live experience of the IIC podcast will be Monday, April 10th. 2023 from 8 o'clock p.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, Monday, April 10th, 2023 from 8 o'clock p.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be getting a link in our Wednesday email reflection. Sign up for those. We're doing a whole series on spiritual bypassing, and we're going to be winding that up this Wednesday, but the link to our next live experience will be there. We'll also put it up on the, the landing page for this podcast, which is soulsandhearts.com backslash IIC. If you really like and resonate with these experiential exercises, consider joining the Resilient Catholics community. Check that out, the Resilient Catholics community at soulsandhearts.com backslash RCC. We have about 200 members of the RCC, and we do these kinds of experiential exercises all the time. We have a very structured program that works in small groups that lasts over the course of a year, give a lot of guidance about how to connect with your parts. It's all about your human formation. It's all about you loving you, you getting that internal unity so that you can enter more deeply into union with the three persons of the Trinity and Our Lady and so that you can also be more united with other people, better able to love them. If you are a therapist, the interior therapist community is starting up some new groups. These are for Catholic therapists and graduate students in mental health fields. I will be starting a new group. That one's going to be forming in April. It'll meet on Mondays. We're limiting enrollment to nine people, and you can get in touch with me about that at crisisatsoulsandhearts.com. If you're a Catholic therapist or graduate student interested in that, it'd be great to work with you in a small group. Then San Diego is coming up. That's going to be this coming April, April 20 to 22nd. I will be presenting with Jody Garneau a paper called 
The Integrated Catholic Therapist, a compassionate approach to sexual concerns using IFS. That'll be on Friday, April 21st, 2023. We will make a recording of it and make it available after the conference through the CPA, through the Catholic Psychotherapy Association. And then as always, you can get a hold of me. My conversation hours are from 4.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday. And you can reach me on my cell phone, 317-567-9594, 317-567-9594. Or you can reach out to me at crisis at soulsandhearts.com. All right, so now it's time to just open this up to our debrief. We can talk about anything that you'd like to ask about your experience, anything that you'd like to share. You can do that again through the chat, but if people are willing to to come on and be heard, to speak for your parts, we would love to have that, to have that sharing about what that was like for you. And when we share, we don't want to steamroll any of our parts. We don't want to expose anything that parts aren't ready to share. If something is really better to be private inside, then we ask that that be respected. We just wanted to make sure that we're working in a way that honors our parts. So yeah, anything that folks would like to share or or have questions about from this experience that we'd like to discuss now? I have one. Yes, by all means, Anne. I noticed that you mentioned when you talked about the parts, I guess you said, did you say manager parts? Mm -hmm. Managers, yeah. Okay. And then, but you always mentioned it in the plural and, um, I I kind of, I don't know, I had a hard time connecting with the parts or part. It mm-hmm. seemed very, very vague and kind of shadowy and, you know, this this manager part. And <laughs> the way I saw it, it was only one. So I just wondered what, what that's all about. <laughs> so part of the reason I use the plural is because I'm talking to a group, you know, and so, you know, there's multiple managers that I'm kind of addressing all at once. But sometimes there's more than one spiritual manager too, you know, so people can have more than one. Sometimes there's just one, sometimes there's more than one. But this idea of it being shadowy, I'm really glad you brought that up because this is often not crystal clear at the beginning. It can take a while for there to be some clarity in dealing with our parts. That is very, very common. But as we get to know them better, and especially as parts begin to trust, you know, the innermost self, things get clearer. So is that helpful? Yes, I had to unmute myself again. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Dr. Peter. You're welcome. This topic of anger at God is, I think, one of the most, one of the most potentially polarizing things inside of us parts can get all over the board with regard to anger at god yes madeline okay so just um i was surprised actually dr peter that i could that i had enough space to do this because (laughs) because i've had so many parts up recently and you know the um the anger at god sort of series that we've been doing has been really you know, intense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, um, I, I can't distinguish parts. I mm-hmm. kind of can sense them there, but mm-hmm. except for a part, I don't know. Exiled manager, I don't know who really is. Is there? There's just a lot. Is is really angry and doesn't want anything to do yet with sort of working listening to or even entertaining the idea of that being resolved or changing. But I, I think there are, other, I felt as if there are other parts that were kind of listening, you know, can, like cautiously, but listening. So, and I'm, I did sense when you asked whether parts would like to experience God's gentleness and kindness I think I experienced that some would like to, but really didn't believe 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know, it was more like, I wish that were true. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if it were true? Right. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate you know your willingness, Madeline, to 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 share this because I think it's so so common for there to be parts of us that really don't believe, that have a very different image of God than who we know him to be by faith, right? So I don't know how all this works, and I'm not a theologian, but in my own sort of speculative way, when I see parts that are disconnected, they don't seem to have access to the faith within us, and they don't have access to the positive experiences of God because they're cut off. There's a fragmentation inside. There's there's disconnects inside. And so this interior integration where we begin to reach out with some kindness, with some compassion, with some acceptance just of our own parts where they are right now, that begins to allow there to be a, a, a kind of warming, you know, the the a kind of thawing of the freeze, you know, the 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 distance, the anger, um, can be uh, can begin to be talked about in real ways. So, and I think that's true for so many of us. It's just that so many of our parts think that that anger or that disappointment or that grief or whatever it is, is not allowable. It's not, it's not tolerated because they've had that experience with other people. So if parts are not in touch with that, if they don't believe, if they're doubtful, that makes so much sense to me. Linda, what, what would you like to share with us? I don't know. I just never been here before. And, mm -hmm. uh, I ran into a part that sees God like before conversion. He's, you know, big, bad, ugly, formless, doesn't have a concept of God at all, other than something big and bad and horrible and, uh, <laughs> and not real willing to listen to any other thoughts about him. Doesn't believe that anyone, much less God is, who they present himself to be. Mm -hmm. And not real willing to listen to me. I'm kind of talking to her as just gentle and just, you know, hang in there and listen. <laughs> but you don't have to do anything. Exactly. It's really about being with our parts. You know, parts don't necessarily need to have everything fixed. Um, what they need, like little kids, is they need someone to be with them, you know, and that can really help parts soften over time. It can take a while for trust to build up. Parts often have been stuck in really difficult positions. They've been alienated often for decades. And so it can take a little while for parts to kind of warm up to the love. But if they're willing to engage and if they sense that they're being accepted and they're not just being condemned for being unholy or sinful or whatever, there's a way for that to, to be able to be brought out. So many people have part have images of God that are really scary, that are really nasty. And if you get to know your parts, you can hear the story behind how those images formed. I wonder if it's, if you have to figure that out. You don't actually. Um, what is a much better way to go about this is to simply be with the part until they're willing to trust you with their story. until they're willing to trust you with their story. Because the part knows the reasons why they look at God this way. And, you know, it's not so much about trying to figure it out. That's usually an analytical part. 
a figure it out part, you know, that wants to somehow be able to resolve this without actually having to deal with the intensity of the part that's struggling. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't usually, that doesn't work. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. So we had a question that came in on the chat where it said, how do parts talk to each other? So it's a great question. They just do. It, it's And it doesn't have to be all in words. You know, there can be different kinds of communication, but parts have ways of expressing themselves to each other. You know, for example, it is not uncommon for spiritual managers to silence, to shush parts that are angry at God, to try to suppress them. Anytime parts are interacting with each other without the innermost self to lead and guide them, it's going to lead to something problematic or disordered. Parts can align with each other, parts can polarize with each other. Again, you can think about it like, a room full of little kids you know how do they communicate with each other and again we can we get into that a little bit more or a lot more in um episode 71 also episode 62 of this podcast has quite a bit of information about that too And then we got another message here that said, when you asked us to be open to listening to our parts, anger at God, a part reminded me that we had just been bitterly disappointed, seemingly by God, unanswered prayers, high hopes dashed, and an image surfaced around the saying, if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans. Then you gave the suggestion to hold up any possible false God images to truths we know from divine revelation about who God is. And a calm part, or maybe the mad part, came to understand that God isn't laughing at our dashed hopes, and that God is with us in the dis disappointment and the waiting for the unknown. A sense of God being present and loving, not laughing. Yeah. Hearts, hearts are often really open to something different than they've experienced. Hearts don't want to hate God. They don't want to be angry at God. But they don't know how to make sense of the injustice that they've experienced. They don't know how to make sense of the sin that they've experienced from others or from ourselves. They have very very immature ways of construing things. They're not connected to the intellect. They don't know what we know in our innermost self. And if we can allow those parts to have a seat at the table, if we can allow them to be present and to be loved, that changes everything. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about how it's really important for us to be able to love ourselves. And that the template for how we love ourselves is how we're going to love other people. So this isn't some sort of narcissistic navel gazing. I'm not inviting you into some sort of psychological day spa where we just say, I'm okay, you're okay, everything's okay. You know, this is really, really important for us to be able to carry out the two great commandments. Remember that tail end of the second commandment as yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. How are parts different from the inner child framework? Okay. There is a lot of overlap. There's a lot of different models for parts work and uh, inner child work. Um, recognizes that we have parts of us that are like inner children. They're like children within us. One of the things that's different about internal family systems is that it also has this concept of the innermost self. And sometimes other models will have, you know, like the adult 
or the the caring parent or you know some kind of part like that uh in internal family systems it's a little different because this innermost self is the natural leader active inner leader and guide for your parts that have special qualities so um that's one of the reasons why i like internal family systems it's not a perfect model there are certain things that have to be done to kind of adjust it so that it's it's that it's consistent or that it conforms to a catholic understanding of the human person but i really like the idea that there is this self this innermost self that has these qualities but there's certainly some overlap if you've been involved with adult children of alcoholics for example acoa done inner child work there or if you've come across that in other places yeah there's a lot of overlap is this like helpful to folks i mean is this an interesting kind of experience i'm just curious yes madeline yeah i just i that's what i wanted to to say dr peter is that that i do have the sense that the more we do this kind of thing then the more familiar the our, our alienated parts or the more trusting they can become mm -hmm. so i really appreciate the opportunity to to you know to do this because <laughs> i have no i have no idea that i have any anger at god <laughs> you know i would never ever have known if you brought all this up you know but how important it is it to to kind of know that and be able to work through it so absolutely thanks, I appreciate it. well in any close relationship in our fallen human world there's going to be anger the question isn't whether there's going to be anger or not the question is whether the anger is going to be conscious and acknowledged or buried in the unconscious and unacknowledged if parts are not going to be allowed to be able to express that and i personally believe that god rejoices when we bring him our anger because it means that we trust him enough to be able to share that with him yeah thank you thank you well, i want to thank you all for the beautiful work today and for being here really looking forward we have one more in the series of experiential exercises uh, and that's again going to be on april 10th from eight o'clock p.m to nine o'clock p.m and so glad that you could be here today do not hesitate to reach out my conversation hours are every Tuesday and Thursday from 4.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m., 317-567-9594. You can reach out at crisis at soulsandhearts.com. And so the little tradition that we've developed is that if you're open to it, to unmuting, and we'll say the invocations together. Our Lady, Our Mother, Untire of Knots. Pray for Pray us. For us. Saint John the Baptist. Pray for us.